Another edition of the Behind the You podcast. It don't get much better and bigger than JV on Cohen joining us. What's up, my friend? True that. How you doing? I'm good. So we got you on at the right time, and I knew you were smart. You're definitely well-spoken. You can play the game, but I didn't really know you had like a crystal ball because you knew Saban was retiring, right? You were already reading the writing on the wall, man. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a slight suspicion, especially after we left that 2020 season down here in Miami and what the way we went. And then the next year is when they introduced NIL and you could just tell from the, from the, from the different signs that you saw all around the country, man, it was time for him to be able to say, Hey, I did what I did for the game. I gotta go much respect to him. Miss Terry uh, said most definitely and everybody at that university that just put their hands on my life and allowed me to go to the path that I've been able to go through. I wish him nothing but the best in retirement. Yeah, you got a good saving story for you. Anything good for a recruiting story? Called you into a meeting, something out of practice. It's much like everybody else's, but it's always funny when it's you in that story. So we ended up coming in as freshmen in the summer, me and a couple of other guys, because we didn't, you know, walk in outright, because of course we had to finish school and COVID happened too. So ended up coming in, in the summer and we sitting in the meeting room, me, 12 other freshmen. He walks in and everybody's like, all right, this is our first time like being a player from Nick Saban. He looks around, scans the room, and he had a little little twitch in his eye. And the first, like, the first thing he said, he sat down, he looked at me, he looked at Damian George, he looked at Jamil Burroughs, he looked at Tim Smith. Mind you, it's 12 freshmen in this room. He only looked at us four. If you're fat, you will not play for me at the University of Alabama. That was my first, that was my first, <laughs> hey, Coach Saban is coaching me right now. That was my first interaction right there. Did you think you were fat? Definitely. Oh, man, COVID hit. My, I, at the time, I was living with my God family. So, I mean, spoiled out the bat, man. I was getting two bacon kings every day, just, just living my life, man. It was, it was enjoyable. But, and I was still dunking at the time, you feel me? I was slamming the ball, so I'm feeling like, man, I'm good. I'm athletic. I'm bouncy. I'm fine. I walked in that room, and he let me know quick, you are not fine. What was the, uh, very briefly, uh, how was that process of getting that weight off? Uh, it was quick and to the point. Shouts out to Dr. Ray and Coach Blue and Coach Clapp, Coach Constantine, everybody in that weight room. Those guys went after us every day that summer, and, and, and quick, like a month maybe. I'm back down to 315, you know, and it was fast. And I played my freshman year at 320. So, yeah, it, was, it wasn't that hard of a transition getting through that, actually. All right, a couple things. So tell me you, how much you weigh right now. Right now I'm weighing 320. 320, and you are how tall? 6'4". 6'4", 315, 320. Take me back to that bouncy get up and throw it down, JV on coach. Did you play basketball in high school, too? I played my freshman year. I started to play my sophomore year, but – my coaches ended up telling me, actually, like, word to word, you could be an NFL draft pick. So they said, leave the basketball alone. Like, it, it's not nothing you need to do. Just go and focus on football. So I let my basketball dreams go. We all know every fat boy has those and tight end dreams. But it worked out the right way. But you could throw – I mean, I ain't going to lie. It's, you could throw it down at 300-something pounds. That's impressive. I'll give you a good tomahawk. You know what I'm saying? That's all you're getting, though. Don't ask me to do much more. I can't. Ain't no windmills coming out of this. No, program. that's fine. But ain't nobody, I can guarantee you this, ain't nobody standing in the paint. Nope. Getting up out of there. That's a body you don't want to feel. 
Yeah, that is a body you don't want to feel. So <laughs> the other thing would be born and raised in Alabama? Born, actually, in Columbus, Georgia, Skokie County Hospital. Went back and forth between both of those. My father lives in Columbus, Georgia. My mother resided in Phoenix City, Alabama, and the border is right smack dab in the middle of both of those. So back and forth between Alabama and Georgia. I kind of claim both, but if you look at my high school, Phoenix City, Alabama is where I'm from. So Phoenix City is a city, a town? What give, give it to me. It's a town. It's a town that ranges, but it's definitely a town, not a city. Nothing's fast there. Everything's slow, and it's it's more rural than anything. But I like my city. My city was nice. I'll probably never go back, but it was a nice city. To, <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice experience to go into. <laughs> Maybe for draft. Oh, no, you, you probably want to be. Well, where's the draft this year? Vegas? Drafts in Detroit this Detroit. year. I'm going to spend that day with everybody who's helped me get to this this crazy, unbelievable blessing of being able to even have a party, uh, a draft party. So I'm going to spend that time with them and just enjoy that and be in the moment. All right. So Phoenix City, you mentioned you, you finished up with your, your godparents. Yeah, I finished out. Uh, I actually stayed with them through COVID, too. So, yeah, my godparents. And for the reason for that? I mean, I was uh, I had a little trouble, uh, not trouble for real. Actually, you I told mean, me I, you were boring, dude. Now you were. You... I was boring. I was a little. I really was though. I mean, it wasn't nothing serious. I just felt like, really, in my mind, making that decision was one that was one going to help me grow personally. It's going to put me in a new environment where I needed to grow and branch out and learn how to be a uh, a better person in that environment. Uh, got me prepared for college because I wasn't going to be able to walk around the corner and say, "Mom, can you?" You know what I'm saying? Mom's not there, so I'm I'm, I'm just with that. And and I had a lot of complicated things going on. We lived in a very shattered, battered neighborhood. I mean, as everyone else would call it, the ghetto, the hood. We lived there. Like I was there at 17 and in Phoenix City. In Phoenix City, admin estates. How'd you come to that? Like, how'd you come to that realization? Like, hey, this needs to happen. Hey, man, the realest, realest it could get. I was just fed up that day, man. It was, it was a lot going on in our house, and we had a lot of people staying in our house as well. And I was just fed up, so I ended up like literally running away. I ran away and walked from the south side to the city to the north side of the city. On my way there, I was actually like contemplating to jump off a bridge that we had like all the way there, like just to end it all. But thank the Lord. I had the support system of the people at the central Phoenix city high school. Shout out Tucker Melton, Brad Melton, Nicole Melton. As my quarterback in high school, his parents actually came and picked me up right away. Took me to get some food, talked to me about what I was feeling, how I was feeling. And that really made the difference and uh, ended up connecting me with, Another teammate of mine at, at, at Central Phoenix City, uh, Kobe Smith, who you ask me now, that's my brother, like my blood brother, like forever. Connected with him, connected with his parents, April and Mark Terry. And man, I mean, those people didn't think twice. They didn't think twice. They, looked they at took me you and, in. Absolutely. Come now. Like you can pack stuff and come now. And I'm just forever grateful. I'm starting to get emotional, really. I'm forever grateful for them. Like they... They really saved my life. And so there's a lot of people in my life who've done things like that. And I thank them for that too. But April and Mark Terry and Kobe Smith just absolutely like cared about somebody they didn't even know much about. They didn't even know much about them. And uh, 
that's just a testament to the good people that God has left on this earth and the people who are still walking his path and, and doing his services on earth. And I'm just thankful for them. The reason why I ask is because when people listen to this, I want them to understand the whole story, right? What has gotten you to this point, what you had to overcome, what you had to go through to the, to the extent that you want to share it. Right. But cause I think, right. well, that's, that's the unique thing. What's drawn me into this doing this is that, we get to share everyone's journey and it's all different and it all has its ups and downs. Some of the ups are higher. Some of the downs are lower, right? Some are relatively smooth, but that's what makes us all different and unique and independent and, and kind of shapes who we are. So a few more, but like I said, if you're like, if you've, if you had enough, you let me know. You know, today, Josh, today's the day that I do get a lot of stuff off my chest and I want the, the people of Miami to know that I'm just like them. I am a regular person just like them. And we all have this collective thing that we all care about, which is the you. And if that means just being ourselves and embracing that together, player, fan, coach, journalist, uh, anybody, that, that, would, that would be special to me too, just being able to have them connect to me as well. So this is my lasting impression on the University of Miami. I promise I'll give it all to them. All right. So – if that doesn't happen, right, if you don't get fed up and you can share as much much or as little about what would actually was going on, but if that doesn't happen uh, and they don't take you in, what do you think happens? What, how does it end for you? Are you even in? Are you even at Alabama? Honestly, I don't know, Josh. I don't know. I had, I had like probably a month and a half before had to duck in a car, like literally lay down in a car while people were shooting in my building like right next to my mom's door, like people were shooting and I'm ducking in this car laying down, hoping I don't get shot, hoping my family's not shot. This is random sort of, for lack of a better, just random crossfire, random gunfire in the area you live. You're not involved in it. You're just a part of it. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's where we grew up, man. It's a shooting range and it's not even a real, it's a shooting range. Like they got a, a piece of metal laid, laid back behind the fences, right behind the dumpster, right behind the building where we stay. And they test their guns there. Like, it's that kind of uh, war zone, you could say. And, um, yeah, it's just out of the blue. They just start shooting in our building. And I'm like, dang. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what would happen if I stayed there. But I know my God has a plan for me. And every step that I take, he's guided it. And I just know him allowing me to get out of there, allowing my family to be safe through that time, to get out of there as well, because they no longer live there too. Hallelujah. And Are they still in Alabama? Uh, they're still in Alabama, you know. We we always gonna reside there, but uh, just not there no more. And that's a that's a blessing. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. You said at the house there were a lot of people. So mom, you, siblings, other family members, like take me inside. If I could, Josh Darrow comes over. He's seeing what? So you got me, you got my mom, you got my older sister. My older sister at the time had three kids, about to have her fourth. So you got my niece and my two nephews and my niece that's going to follow after that. 
you got my older brother who had just moved back in. Uh, you got my younger sister and then you have my cousin. So like, got us in there. Like we're deep. you're the youngest middle actually. So <laughs> but you're at this point, you're a senior in high school. You're uncle Javion. Yeah. I was uncle Javion as a freshman in high school. Actually. Yeah. That's a lot. And it was, I mean, there wasn't no second guessing about it because my sister raised me. So when it came down to it, she had to go to work. I had no problem watching my, my niece, you know, even while, you know, having to do football, having to do school, no problem. It was, it was no second guessing that, but that's how we grew up like together, everybody together on the one roof. Cause my mom always believed in taking care of her own. So we all just stuck next to her. So that sister has about as much influence on you as your mom. For real. My mom's always at work. Like, don't get me wrong. My mom was there for me. Like my mom, every day she got home from work, we had our conversations. The reason I can speak to you so well now is because my mom would come home and do mock interviews with me off of a 23 hour shift. What'd she do? She worked in a home health agency that she owned herself. That was her home health agency business. And then she would go later on and work in an assembly line, putting parts together for cars and then come home off that and still have time to like, be a parent, man. People don't give enough credit to single parents. And me being a parent, you know, just recently, man, like single parents are, are, are the strongest people to walk the earth, to be able to not only put yourself aside, but put so many other things aside, put someone else first and never, never bat an eye making that decision, man. Single parents are the greatest people to walk this earth. And it's hard that they have to be in that position, but man, my mom is a is a soldier, is a warrior. My sister is a soldier and a warrior, and I just was you gain so much more respect for them once you become a parent and actually see what you have to go through. Like there's two parents in my daughter's household, and we are going. <laughs> it's like imagine it being one parent, man. That's different. So yeah, shouts out to all the single parents out there, dads, moms, anybody who 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 just take care of their kids, man. That's real. That's a real thing to do. That's, How that's old's your daughter thing. now? My daughter is seven months, man. Seven months today. How was experiencing that during football season? That was a trial sent from God that I had to go through. Because it's trying times when you gotta think about it, man. This is my job. This is this is my job. This is where I go to work and I have to and my job requires me to exert certain amount of energy, certain amount of focus every day human body needs sleep to be able to produce those kind of levels <laughs> it wasn't but i mean shouts out to my fiance she definitely held it down the most that she could the entire way during the season just pulling all-nighters and, and just being that strong woman that she is and i helped i helped but man no sleep is hard so it was trying in that way but my heart is bigger than earth itself. I love my daughter more than myself, honestly. And I know it ain't supposed to be that way, but I do. That's that's a part of me. No, I think I it is supposed to be. I think it is supposed to be that way. Yeah, well, they need to start printing that on T-shirts. I love her more than myself. And, and wholeheartedly, I would do it again if I had to, you know. It was the perfect test, perfect challenge. 
that I needed to solidify that this is my path to walk on. Now, it made me a better player, made me a better man. Make you better teammate? Better teammate brought, I mean, you, because actually the crazy thing is me and two other teammates at Miami had our kids the exact same week. So, so like, and we all, all three of us had daughters. So all three of our daughters. Your girl like, dad. We're all girl dads. Like, <laughs> That's that's our thing. And like actually he just texted me too. I gotta call him after I get off this with you. But like he uh like we all had our daughters the exact same week. It was just just mended the bond even more with my teammates. But yeah, that was perfect. I I'll do it over again if I have to. Davion, I want to take back to uh growing up. So you got that story you told us about kind of being in the car, right? And shots are firing everywhere. Now that was a an incident that reflects your your childhood, or that's the moment where you said, I need to leave. Oh man, gunshots in my childhood is like kids going to the park. Like, so you say it in a way I, that's what your life was. But did it become so common? It didn't bother you. Did were you at any time were you scared, nervous? Like, how do you go about no. your business? No, Josh, I grew up that way. I grew up that way, hearing gunshots everywhere. You know, because also, you know, being in that neighborhood in Phoenix City, I was also in those neighborhoods in Columbus, Georgia. And a lot of people know about Columbus, Georgia, and how things go down there. I mean, yeah, no, it wasn't no difference. Gunshots isn't what drove me out of there. It was actually more mental than it was, you know, things around me, knowing that I needed to elevate my mindset to be able to step into the platform that God was giving me in this new level that I was stepping into college. And um, Were you already committed to Alabama at this point? Did you already know your destination? Yeah, committed and signed to Alabama at that point when I decided to take a trip up there but um yeah gunshots never that's that's just something i grew up with man when you think of great football and baseball you think about the you when you get hurt in a car truck or motorcycle wreck you need to think lebovic law group at lebovic law group you come first we work to get you all the money you are entitled to Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! So we were talking earlier about the basketball, and your coach says, hey, you might want to knock that off because you got a chance to be a pro in football. Did you know prior to that you had a chance to be a pro at football? And also, did you see that as your path out at that time? Honestly, no, no. I started playing football when I was 13. Before that, it was just me catching the ball from my dad in the backyard thinking I'm Julio Jones, and that's what the neighborhood called me, Baby Julio, because I'd catch everything. Like, never once thought, like, football was going to be my way out until Coach Hurt, our defensive coordinator at Central Phoenix City, looked me in my eye that day before we walked on the practice field and said, you're going to be a first-round pick. Like, leave everything else alone and focus on this. Never did it cross my mind even didn't believe it after he said it. Cause I'm like, I know the statistics. Like when I was eight coming home, I came home and watched sports center. Everybody else watching Disney channel and cartoon network. I was watching sports center, learning about who's getting traded, where, where are people signing? Who's getting drafted? Where? And I knew the statistics like that's a, it's leaving less than a one in a billion shot. You know, like that's, that's, that's a low percentage of people who get the opportunity to go there. So it never crossed my mind, but as I, you know, advanced further through high school, of course, it became an opportunity getting my first couple offers and, and getting the exposure, going to camps, talking to coaches. And it came a realization 
when I was a senior. But nah, man, I never actually had to dream. I always dreamed about being able to talk on TV about football, talk about sports. Come on, when you're done, I'm coming. You gotta, I, I don't have a lot of money to give you, but I got you're you're hired, bro. You're hired. I, hey, as long as we got the people around, that's all I care about. Let me let me be around some good people. I'm coming. I'm telling you, that was always my dream. Let's talk about sports. I would do that all day long. But the Lord blessed me with this path, so I'm taking it. So growing up in Alabama, what is high school football like? Or what was high school football like in your town? And then what is Alabama football like in your town, in your state? And just kind of curious how that compares. Because, they, you know, football is big down here, Florida, right? South Florida football. But what's it like growing up in a town in the south in a state that is dominated by one institution? Hey, we're Alabama. Like, you don't know us from nothing else other than the man who just retired. You know, so growing up, man, everybody. That's all you knew, right? That's all you knew. All you knew was football in the state of Alabama because we didn't have no other professional teams, nothing else to cheer for. If we did, we cheered for the Falcons, like, and they're next door. So growing up, it was always football. Everybody wanted to play sports, and, and I think everybody paid attention to the fact that our high school produced a lot of talent, a lot of a lot of great players come out of our high school. Uh, Justin Ross, Clemson, phenom as a freshman, showed up with Alabama and beat them twice in the natty. Jeremiah Castile was a great cornerback in the day. I forget. He went to Auburn. He was an offensive lineman. They named the whole award after him. I forget his name. He was a great player. It's a, it's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, including me coming out of there. It's just actually crazy now that I think about it. Like, I'm one of the greatest to come out of there. What would it have been like if you had not gone to the University of Alabama? Like, growing up in Alabama, being a high school talent who was wanted by that school, could you have left? How does that work? It never crossed my mind. Even when I committed to Arkansas, I was always waiting on that Alabama offer. When I committed to South Carolina, I was waiting on that Alabama offer. I committed to Auburn, and that's when Bama decided to offer me. Actually, they decided to offer me after Auburn offered me, and I committed to Auburn pettily, also because I did, you know, mess with Coach Malzahn at the time. So I was just like, you know, they don't want me. I'll go to Auburn and show them. And then Saban came down for an in-home visit, but, of course, we weren't going to do it at my home, so we ended up doing it at the school. And uh, this is after one of our practices for the playoffs, and I mean – just an eye-opening conversation about the resources that the University of Alabama had to be able to put me in the best position that I could be as a young man in society, which was most important to me. You know, being able to, like, I don't think personally there's nobody that can come to you and say, I don't like Jamie Cohen. I don't like how he carries himself. I don't like how he talks to me. I don't like anything about him. Like, I don't think there's nobody... Why is that, that, Javion? Why? Because of my upbringing, because of the people that I surrounded myself around and learned from. I took things from talking to Coach Saban in that room right there. I took things from my great coaches who would come and pick me up from my house in that neighborhood at six in the morning to take me to practice. I learned those things and allowed myself to surround myself with great people who have great characters and great mindsets. That's just what I do. Like, I just, I put that out there. And 
when I'm really talking to people, I'm talking with my story. Like, that's me. That's who I am. That's what I had to go through to get to who I am. And that's who you're seeing every day. So, yeah, but I mean, getting back to that, after I got that Bama offer, after I had that conversation with Coach Saban, I knew I knew I had to go to Bama. Like, that was, it's funny because my dad committed for me. It's just, <laughs> we went to the LSU game, walked in the locker room, shook Coach Saban's hand. He said, he will be here. See you in four months. I said, wow. I didn't even, I committed to Auburn at the time. He telling him I'm coming here. But and did you ever waver from that? Did you ever waver from that point forward? Never, never. I I knew. I actually flipped right before signing day, but I knew when he said that, that I was coming to Bama. So I don't want to run out of time. And like you said, you're, this, this is your last, uh, this is your last sort of salute to Miami. So fast forward three years. Why did you leave? Why did you leave Alabama? What went into that decision? I came to the University of Miami because the first meeting I had with Coach Mirabal was in my house in Tuscaloosa, and it felt like I knew this man since I was a kid. It felt like I was reuniting with one of my uncles, and we just had a conversation. First time I met Mario Cristobal, I mean, dude walked in, and that was his first time meeting my fiance. That was his first time meeting my father-in-law. And you would think we was all at Thanksgiving dinner the year before, the way he was in there talking. Like, I felt like I was around genuine people. And I'm a people person. Like, I vibe off good people. So if you're a good person, like, I'm going to feel that. I met those dudes, and I'm like, why didn't I go to Oregon? So the decision was clear and cut for me, man. I had two of the greatest coaches and then I scratched it. Two of the greatest fathers to their kids. Then I scratched it. Two of the greatest people that I have met in this space. Why would I not come play for them? Why would I not come give my all for them? This was the first year that I played every snap in practice and in a game. That was afforded to me. I was hurt. I, I, I was hurt numerous times this year. I didn't care. Because Alex Mirabal said, I'll cut off my arms and legs before this O-line will be weak. And damn it, I would have cut off my two. Like, I love that man. I love that man. I would do anything for that man. I'm not where I am today if it wasn't for that man. And I felt that. I felt that when I met him in my house in Tuscaloosa. And I only met two coaches. It was USC or it was Miami. I mean, sure enough, the USC visit was first. <laughs> So he came in behind and blew that door. <laughs> I'm going to Miami. I didn't tell him, but I'm like, I'm going to Miami. I already know this. But come on, man. For people to downplay it to, oh, he wants some money. Really sit here and think about what this money is doing for people. You know, instead of acting like we're entitled and we're privileged, realize that we are sacrificing not only our daily lives, not only our time, our energy, our health, but our mental health as well. Like we're sacrificing all these things to make someone else's life better. At the end of the day, somebody I, I promise you, you ask a football player what their why is, it's not because, oh, I want to be rich. We're doing all this for somebody else. And y'all have the audacity to say he's wrong for going and making that kind of money right now. He's wrong for leaving his team. And, and I get it. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. So I never speak on this outward, but 
we really need to look inside as people and, and, and ask ourselves, like, what's going on in their life that made them make that decision? Don't judge the decision off the bat. Understand what's going on in other people's lives before you decide to judge and criticize people is all I'm saying. And if not, peace, is be, peace and blessings be on to you. But <laughs> I ain't mad because when I get on Sunday Night Football, it's going to say I came from the U. So that is what it is. <laughs> That's all, that's all I got to say about it. I'm John Davis, Secretary of the Florida Lottery, and I'm proud to lead an agency that is creating brighter futures for Florida students, families, and communities. As the primary funding source of the Bright Future Scholarship Program, the lottery has helped nearly one million students reach their dream of a post-secondary education. And we will continue to do our part to ensure that every student across this state is aware of these opportunities and has the resources needed to succeed. Because together, we can build a brighter future for all. Jaden Davis was on this podcast last week, and he said something about Coach Cristobal, Lance Gidry, et cetera, that really about Coach Cristobal from the standpoint of when he got recruited, right, when he entered the portal and then coming to Miami, which he said, compared to other people, he said, everything that man said to me when he was, when he was recruiting me true. came true. True as hell. True as hell. Not a word this man spoke on that came out of his mouth when he was recruiting me did not come true. And he didn't make no promises either. He just said, trust me, no promises. Just trust me. You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And our, our roads are going to meet and exactly what's going to happen is going to happen. And he did. Like, and that's the advocation for, for University of Miami. If you are getting recruited by Coach Mario Cristobal, go. It's just deeper than football at the University of Miami, man. That's what Everybody should want, man. Everybody should want more than football out of this because we're much more than just athletes. Coach Mario Cristobal, Coach Alex Mirabal taught me how to be a man, taught me how to be a father, taught me how to be a professional athlete. All in a year, all in a year. And no promises were made. This was just, trust me. That's all it was, trust me. And I did. And everything happened that he said. You know, I try and get somewhat my thoughts together before we talk, but I think you've answered this question, which was going to be, J.V. on Cohen, did you get what you wanted out of your experience at Miami? And I shouldn't have to ask it at this point. It sounds like you've already answered the question. I got everything and some from the University of Miami, yes. And let's be very clear, I'm talking about your experience. Okay, let's be, I don't want people to put words in my mouth either. Hey, see, they'll do that too. No, my experience outweighs whatever. And by else. the way, honestly, if you did, it's part of the story these days. So who cares? Exactly. So then, you know, you take take it for what you want. But hey, it is what it is. Yeah, man. Everything that I could have dreamed about taking place, other than us going to the Natty at Miami, happened. And so, I'm great. Um. Alex Mirabal is from Miami, obviously, went to a high school down here called Columbus. My kids are young enough that they're playing sports, and there's a lot of Columbus people down here. And those two guys know everybody down here, right? Exactly. Coach Cristobal and Coach Mirabal. But the, what I was going to ask you was, it has been told to me by multitude of people, because Alex Mirabal was a teacher at Columbus High School when he was done and coached football. And they say he was as good in the classroom as a teacher of history than he was as a coach, or as good, if not better, like the best teacher they had. So what I wanted to ask you is when you're in the position room and it's Alex Mirabal standing in front of 10 to 15 offensive linemen, why is he such a good teacher? Because he gets you. 
He understands you. He takes the time to understand who he's teaching. That's why he's such a good teacher. He doesn't just teach to the masses. He's selective. He knows that I learn by looking at a picture better. And Matt Lee learns by you letting Matt Lee explain it. And Jalen Rivers learn by you telling Jalen Rivers. Like, he understands how you learn, takes the time to learn how you learn, learns how to teach that way, and teaches it that way. And you benefit from it. Simple as that. Alex Mirabal is a great teacher because Alex Mirabal cares about teaching. Got any good Mirabal sayings? Okay, but you got to have something that's in your head that Alex Mirabal has said a multitude of times. It's funny because he just he just uh, commented. <laughs> he just quoted my tweet. Yes. What was it, now, first foot fast, second foot faster, or something like that? Yo, we have been trying to get that down since I got here in the spring. Like that was, and that was a that was him like telling me about my footwork playing offensive. <laughs> He's like, Javo, your feet are moving too slow. You need to put your first foot down and your second foot faster. And I'm like, Coach, I'm trying, but like I don't get it. We was working on that for four months straight, man. It's funny. That's literally what made my tape pop once I figured that out. And he was the only one that could teach me that. Uh, I got two that I I will never forget, and it relates to you guys. He goes, mass kicks ass, and big people beat up little people. Never stop your feet. Run run your feet through contact. That's just, ah, man. It's so many tidbits you can pull from him. That's just a running well. He's almost like a monk. You just learn all day from him. How was your relationship with Matt Lee? It's my dude. I just texted Matt Lee earlier today. We were texting at 6 in the morning. <laughs> That leave my guy, like all those guys, still call him, still talk to him. They still call me, still talk to me. And it's only a year together, you know. But that's my guy, man. Matt Lee is. We came in together as transfers, so obviously we knew we had to learn it together. But I mean, we just stepped and marched to the same beat from the moment we touched down, and we knew we both were special players, and we both knew we thought about the game in an intricate way that nobody else did. So we just embraced the role of being able to teach that to everybody else in the room and ele elevating the whole room, but doing it unselfishly, no intent behind it other than getting the man next to you behind you better. And ultimately that showed me that Matt Lee is, again, a good person that Mario Cristobal consistently recruits to the University of Miami, good people. and. Matt Lee ever called me and needed anything, I'd be right there for Matt Lee. Matt Lee knows that. He has me on speed dog. And I'm I'm glad it's just another brother that I was able to make on this journey. Join us at Gulfstream Park this spring with live action Thursday through Sunday. Enjoy entertainment outdoors at the Carousel Club or feast in 10 Palms. Not hungry? Visit our many on-site shopping locations from fashion stores to home furnishings. For schedules, reservations, and tickets, visit GulfstreamPark.com. He was on this podcast back in the summer, and I think the night before we take not, – not that it's a – maybe I, I seriously doubt you remember, but it's like, hey, what would you do last night? I, was I remember. I remember listening. Oh, you do? I remember listening to it on the bus, and I'm like, Matt, what did you do this? He was like, oh, man, I did it like last weekend or something like that. I was like, oh, wow, really? Yeah, but he was at your – he said the night before he was at your house. You guys were watching ball. I think you were watching Wemby. I think you're we watching, were. Like, I think you're watching summer league or something. Yeah, because we ended up. I know we was on a bus the next day, and I always listen to podcasts on a bus from not listening to music. And I think that night before we were watching Wimby in the summer league, it was me, him, and Bruno. Yeah, it was us three.
at your place. <laughs> at my place, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Inez is an Alabama guy, right? Yes, he is. What part and how far from you? Coop is from Bessemer, which is north of Montgomery. It's about an hour and a half from Montgomery. And I'm from Phoenix City, which is about two hours from Montgomery South. So, so you're far. Oh, yeah. Now, Miles, well, yeah, I've never been to Bessemer, actually. So you like, was there some sort of Bama bond? He couldn't separate me and Coop. And, and I'm, what, I think I'm a year older than Coop. So actually, we're closer in age than everybody thought. But you was like, okay, there's that's it. Wait, you're only a year. You're only a year older than Coop. I'm only a year older than Coop. Actually, wow, it might have. I think Coop's birthday might have passed. Coop we should, is probably. We should, we, we should wish him happy birthday. Coop is the same age as me now. We're both twenty-one. What? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you couldn't separate me and Coop though at all. No matter where we was, what we were doing, it was just me and Coop. Because that was the bond that was built. Like, he was my mentor. He was placed there for me to learn from him. And, and He taught you. He taught me when I, he taught me the ropes when I first got there. Like, I didn't I didn't know where to go, what to do, how to, how to function in the city. Like, and think about it. I'm coming from small city after small city. I've never been in any city like Miami. It's big and luxurious. <laughs> and he just swooped in and without a thought. You know, no thought of, oh, he coming to take my spot. No, none of that. It's like, he from Bama, Mirabal with me to help him. I'm going to help him. And he did it right away. And that's another one of my brothers who I have forever, you know, just off a year, man. And what about that big cat next to Coop? Ooh, that's my dog. We've been talking about him out here, you know, for a little second. Everybody knows about Frank C's mouth over. Like, everybody knows. And I miss CC, man. He was just the life of the party. He, he's very bright. He's young, but he's so bright, and he has a certain outlook on the world that just lights up a room, man. Somebody you you really want to be around if you're feeling down, if you're feeling out of it, because he's somebody that's going to pull you, pull you right up, you know, without a second thought. We can't get you back. Come on, man. We, we can't get you in there for the Gator. One game, oh. the Gators. Rent you for a game for the Gator, and then you can go do what you want. I would love to play the Gators one game for you. One game. If, that, if they said one final game, like if they said nah. Get like a little hall pass, you know, you get a little you, hall pass. You get a hall pass to go play the Gators, I'm coming. I'm shooting up. No right. doubt. We, we'll, we'll take you in a second. So what? So did the wife make it to law school? Not yet, man. You know how having kids is, but she's studying for her um, LSAT, and she's going to achieve it because that's the kind of woman she is. She'll figure her way into it and uh, probably get rolled in this fall coming up. Or, or the ensuing spring, you know, but I know without a shadow of doubt, she'll end up with her. And that's the nerd thing. Like, we really wasn't even worried about law school like that. We was going to have a kid, which was the main But off of that, she'll get to. Where'd y'all meet? To, Come on. How, how'd you how'd you sweep her off her feet? Where'd you meet? She swept me off my feet. You want to be <laughs> technical about it. Uh, it's a little bar in Tuscaloosa called 1225. And uh, I think it was one Thursday after the season. I was out with my friends, just there chilling. There's probably like 30 people in there. And usually that's like a 250 capacity club. So it's only 30 people in there that night. And we're all just chilling. She was mutual friends with somebody I was mutual friends with. And she ended up inviting them to her section because she was popular that time. So uh, we ended up going to her section. She said, what's your name? 
And I turned around and said, oh, hi, I'm Javion. She was like, hmm, never seen you before. Funny thing was, she had an after party and invited us. I think she only invited us because she met me. But <laughs> I think I, I did a little smooth playing up there then. But we got back, and I never knew this, but she literally stayed in the same apartment complex right above me. And, and I never, never seen her. Never seen her. Never knew she stayed right there. Crazy how the world works. Yeah. Started off as friends and hit her off from there. And that's yeah. it. That's a wrap. That was a wrap, yeah. I made sure I swooped in real fast for that one, though, Josh. I had to make sure I secured the deal. Let me ask you this, Javion. What has you excited for what's coming back next year for Miami? Oof. Jalen Rivers was a big win. A big, big win for the staff and for that team. I mean, talk about a guy who never once thought about the transfer portal, who was Miami through and through, knows the culture, knows the system, knows what's required, know how Coach Cristobal and Coach Mirabal want to run the line, the offense, the team. And, I mean, as a road grader, they ask me questions on combine, you know, list and, and, and say who's the toughest teammate you had. Uh, Jalen Rivers, off bat. You know, that's, that was the biggest win. That has me the most excited because I also know the talent that he possesses playing next to him for 12 games. I know um, Jalen Rivers is a wise player. Don't have to tell him anything twice. Sets the standard in drills. Sets the standard on the field when you go out there. That's somebody that a lot of people, a lot of scouts are going to pay attention to this coming fall because he is a special, special player. So he was one of my most excited returns. Of course, Kiko, man. Kiko... He asked me, Kiko could have went first round this year, but coming back is going to definitely solidify that he goes first round. Um, great guy. Great guy. Like, he actually, that was my meeting room partner. So he sat right next to me in every meeting that we had. That was a team meeting. And we would just kick it and chop it up all the time. So that dude, special. And he's going to be the leader of that defense. Is Jaden Rivers will be the leader of that offense. Those two are, I'm extremely excited about. And Strepo. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You can't say enough things about Strepo. That's the most underrated, undervalued receiver in the country today. Nobody's clean as Strepo is on, on third down. <laughs> Nobody's clean as the guy. And, and, and he really deserves his flowers and his respect because he's been doing this for a little minute at Miami. And not people respect it and giving him enough appreciation. So please put that in there that I said – Dave O gave Strepo his flowers. Imagine a bank that cares about you. One that sees their customers as part of a team with a common goal to achieve their dreams. Well, imagine that. There is one. We're Amarant. We're ready to help you wherever you are in life. And just as importantly, wherever you want to go. Amarant, official hometown bank of the University of Miami Hurricanes. Member FDIC. I remember this. Uh, it was the last, so it must have been BC, and you came on with Don Bailey in our little post game, and I, I, you said something along the line. I wish I had another year. I know you have, you know, your aspirations, and you're pursuing that now. But I, I think that came from a place of how your year was, right? It was so good that you wish you had more time. So why, for Canes fans that are out there that will be listening, why will it work under Mario? Right? Meaning, from, and I don't, I'm not questioning that. I'm saying you've experienced it. At another school, at the highest level, you've been in it for year two for him, and you see what he's done and where is it going. 
And why is it going to happen? Why is he the guy? Why is it right? Where is it at? And where is it going? I believe when you look at college football nowadays, you obviously understand that there's a new new wave coming in, definitely entering with this NIL and allowing everybody to make you know money off their name, image, and likeness. And that makes it football less about football in the grand scheme of things. Because then you bring in competition, then you bring in different mindsets, then you bring in pocket watching and, and all these different type of things that come along with distributing money to student athletes. In the midst of all of this, you want somebody to be able to do their job, but do so without football being the main thing. And I don't mean put football on the back burner. I mean, you want somebody to trust in these type of situations. You want somebody you can depend on. You want somebody that if you're going to go in there and you're not making any money, you still want to play for that kind of guy. Nowadays, not everybody's going to get that big contract that they want. Not everybody's paid for. A lot of these kids are going to be grinding for that opportunity. But you're not going to do that for just anybody, i.e. people leaving places like Bama, people leaving places like Georgia, like Texas, like all these all these coaches losing you know jobs, losing players to the portal. More than anything, you're going to want a head coach who trusts in you, believes in you, and gives his all for you. And there's no other head coach in the country that's going to do that like Mario Cristobal. And I think a lot of people are now starting to pay attention to it, noticing it, and forget the stats, the rankings, all that. Dog, you're going to have a good football team. You have good people on your team. I was a part, in my opinion, the greatest team ever. Now, I know 2001 might come back and, 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 and fight me about that. Those are, you're tiptoeing now. You're tiptoeing in some dangerous areas. <laughs> and you, I get I get where y'all coming from on that. But me personally, 2020 Bama, greatest team of all time. The big thing about that team was it was about genuinely, like, playing for your brother. And that mindset stemmed from Coach Saban. That was the last year Coach Saban had control over the mindset of the players and not in a bad way, but in a way that steered you towards that success and that positivity. Mario Cristobal is the only coach in the country that can do that right now. I guarantee you that with the new dynamic, he's the only coach that can get a group of men collectively together and push them towards a goal that's driven not by money, not by politics, but by character and teamwork. And that's why the U will be back. I think that's it. That's the, the salvo, bro. That's the final shot. We're going home. Hey, for the senior boy, you're, I mean, you're not going home, but you're sort of going home. Yeah, I'm close. I don't know where, where Mobile is, but at least you're going back into the state. Yeah, I'll be close enough. All my family will be there, too. That'll be a great experience. And, again, that's a big blessing being able to be a part of that prestigious game that, you know, Coach Nagy and his staff allowed me to do. And, again, I couldn't do that. But couldn't do that without uh, Chris Ball and Nerball, man, for real. I attribute – all the success from this past year to them, not even me. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm a liar. Last thing. Have you thought about draft day? Like, have you thought about what that moment will mean? No, man. I'm so stuck in this grind that I'm in now and seeing the progress that I'm making right now. I haven't given a thought to I will say you did look a, you little, you looked a little cut up, bro. I saw those arms. Hey, you look a little hey. cut up. 
hey, I am chopped right now. <laughs> if I would have committed like this at Miami, oh man, tell you about some accolades for real. But <laughs> it's it's just different though. This these workouts are a lot different than college. And not saying you know our program was horrible because our program was one that was very advanced as well. But this is just a different dynamic for a different kind of game. Honestly, the, the league and college are two different kind of games and what are you watching like, by the way what's over there what are you watching what's up on that what netflix rolling in the back man i ain't i ain't been watching no tv lately. i've been watching my eyelids a lot actually to be real with you yeah i gotta get that rest you already know it but you gotta get that rest all right jc appreciate you man this was awesome you're the man. Appreciate you uh, putting a bow on this. I'm glad we did this now, actually. I think we, I think I would have failed if I would have tried to get you on before. I'm glad we kind of did this when we did it. And I think the fans, I hope, uh, I think, I mean, not that there would be a different story for you, but I hope they know more of the story and, and they've gotten to know you better through this. So I appreciate you. You know I'm rooting for you, bro. You know I'm rooting for you. Just keep grinding, bro. Keep that out. I, I always say, uh, they say focus on the now, but I'm okay with knowing where you want it to end. And keeping mm-hmm. that as the prize and letting that motivate you in the now. So keep thinking about that moment and have that push you to the finish line. True that. And I appreciate you too, Justin. I thank y'all. wish everybody down there the greatest year y'all could have possible this year. A lot of peace and a lot of blessings for y'all. All right. We'll see you soon, buddy.